0: Hello podcast listeners. Welcome back for another riveting episode. Today we are going to talk with some dear friends of ours about psychology in the church. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKellop. Yes. Yeah, so okay, if I was going to re-record yeah. the intro. You missed it. I would have said some dear young married friends of ours. Yes. Yes. But I didn't. And that yes. would be a little We yes. can't go back and re-record now. We're, nope, we're live.
1: Running, so. <laughs> we're live.
0: We're fully transparent with the audience. Yes. Welcome back everyone. <laughs> it's Friday. It's Friday. We made it <sighs> another week. Another wow. week. Another fresh hot episode of Kingdom
1: Speak. And this is a good Friday. We're warming up for Easter. Here we go. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: And by now, when you have seen the title and clicked on this, you're like, "Whoa, Kingdom Speak is with your young married couples." What?
1: what? Like they just got real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So man, they just got real. So before Aww. before we turn you guys loose to so tell us, sometimes listen, sometimes the guests that we bring on, mm. they tell us that they're nervous. You know, ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. But then there's some guests you bring on that make us nervous. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> ah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't, don't forget what you're supposed to be doing now. I know. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> uh, a review. I review.
0: I'm supposed to I got ask. A review. I review. I'm supposed to ask you how you're doing. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. you guys doing good? Okay. Don't ask yeah. that. Where's my script? Okay. Don't ask that. <laughs> oh man. As always, we need to show and share with you what our awesome audience is saying about Kingdom Speak, and this is your reminder to send us a review if you haven't already. Yes. Life changing. All caps. My eighteen-year-old son introduced me to this podcast, and it has changed me within and without. I have been in church for forty-four years and have never heard mm. some of these subjects taught on. It has enlightened me to so much in God's word. I share this podcast with everyone I come in contact with. Thank you so much for taking the time to better my walk with God. We need it, and that is from my silver on Apple Podcast. So we will say amen come to on.
2: you.
0: Yes. One more, one more. One more. Mind blown. This content needs to be heard by everyone. As a pastor, I have found this podcast to be absolutely encouraging and challenging at the same time. Thank you for being apostolic, and that's from Jordan Grindle on Apple Podcasts. We will say amen to you, sir. Uh-huh. Can I get an amen? Thank you.
2: Amen. Can I get a hallelujah?
0: hallelujah! 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 So we do love the <laughs> I reviews. Dig that. Yes. uh It's nice to know that there are people listening. Um. And, yeah, it's uh, it's a humbling thing to understand that this goes everywhere and we don't know and people tune in. And it
1: is. Yeah. It is. Coming from, if, if our audience only knew where we were coming from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: man. International Kingdom uh, Speaks studio. Yeah, where we live does yeah. not look like our studio. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It's way too no. warm in here. Yes. Are we
1: up to, what, uh, 1,059 in town? Yeah. Is that yeah. what the last count was? Yeah. And 10 feet of snow. Yes.
0: Yep. Yes. and uh, hopefully not we, when this we, releases
1: fiddleheads
0: are on the way if you don't know what a fiddlehead is google it yeah. we don't we are the home of the largest f- do the you world. guys know what fiddleheads are
3: we have no clue what nope. fiddleheads are
0: <laughs> it's a premium vegetable that <laughs> it is a fungi wow. yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fungi. Okay. Okay. it's I'm not it's not a joke it's a real thing but it, it, like it is, a mushroom like a mushroom it's like a f- no it's not like a you mushroom know like a dandelion before it blooms
1: Yes. Okay. It
0: has that little green bulb on the end of it. Picture that, uh-huh. but it's like curled up. Like a fiddle.
1: Like a fiddle head.
0: <laughs> oh, I've seen
4: those. Yes, I have seen those.
0: Okay, They taste wow. like mud. Don't try I was going to say, don't even try to eat one.
1: They're not right. I Lo- like them. I enjoy them.
0: Locals eat them and they pour so much vinegar on them that it tastes like vinegar. Right? Yeah. It's- that would have make sense. Ever,
1: have you ever had them with maple syrup on them? F- no.
0: <laughs> I don't <plan. laughs> That would be truly Canadian. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that would be okay. a very our, Canadian
4: thing to do.
3: Our
0: <laughs> official population is one thousand twenty-three.
1: Wow, so we're down.
0: We're down. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're we're lo- down. we
0: lost Aunt Jemima. Uh, <laughs> we lost her
1: today. Yeah, it is, folks. It happened. It happened. We've had people suggest this, and it, it's it's finally a reality. Mm-hmm. We. Have dear young married couples with us this week on
3: Kingdom Speak.
1: Yes. Oh. Welcome.
3: <laughs> we are honored to be here. It's
4: really good to be with you. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to uh, this conversation. We Absolutely. had Brother McKillop
3: with us a few a couple months back, and it was mm-hmm. an incredible episode. And so many people said how deep you were. We wouldn't expect anything less from you. Oh. But we, we love our conversations with you.
1: Absolutely. Well, we do appreciate you coming on. We know that you are busy, um, high demand. Adam, we were we were talking about this uh, before. The we hit the record button mm. is um, coming with a degree in biblical apologetics, and Carissa is a licensed marriage therapist that is on the home stretch of getting her doctorate. So the next time she comes on, it might be Doctor, yeah, Carissa. Now, if she would ever that come is not on. going to be unique to her, because everybody in our audience that listens knows, yeah, that I am Doctor McGill.
0: Exactly, we have our own doctor. So. Yes. yes,
1: yes. There you go. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but let me explain it to you. I, um, my middle name is Roy. Okay. So on all of my credit cards, not on my business cards, I don't have Dr. McKillop on my business cards, but on my credit cards, it is D.R. McKillop. <laughs> Dr. McKillop. Right. That's a good strategy. So it often, when I'm at a restaurant, place of business, throw it down. Hey, thank you, Dr. McKillop. You're welcome. No problem. It's it's my privilege.
0: You need to get that wart on your nose checked. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And meanwhile, meanwhile, my nose is growing. (laughs) That's funny. So, um, Carissa will be the doctor shortly. I'm
0: in over my head here today, guys.
1: And, uh, They are marriage therapists. You can check out their stuff on dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. They have an incredible, Mm -hmm. they're an incredible resource. And we are just, uh, we're delighted to have you with us today.
3: Oh, thank you so much. So I'm
1: looking forward. Yes. Yes. So what we're going to talk about today, um, when we were setting this up, was we wanted to talk Uh, generally speaking, as Mm. Derek has already mentioned on the relationship uh, of psychology and the church, and then maybe a bit more focused on mental health. Mm. So um, all kinds of words come to mind when I was preparing for this. Stigma um, is one of those Mm -hmm. because there is a bit of that associated with Mm-hmm. From someone in my position as a spiritual leader, mm-hmm. what does that relationship of psychology look like with the church?
4: Mm. I would say turbulent.
3: Ah, yeah.
1: Does it need
4: some counseling? <laughs> it it desperately does. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It really depends on um, which church leader or church goer you're speaking with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. For some people, there's a very peaceful relationship between psychology and theology. Um, I've heard it said in a a series of articles about a debate on this topic that, um, you know, theology is queen and psychology is her handmaid. So there's there's that, you know, statement. Um, Whether or not we agree with that, we could debate, but um, yeah, I think the psychology theology relationship just varies from church to church Mm. and um, believer to believer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Go ahead. And I was just going to say, I think that um, it's relationship really depends on, on how much the pastor knows or leader knows about that field Mm. because a lot of times we tend to fear what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So um and just to like kick this off we're not going to try to defend psychology and everything it represents. Mm. Right. Sure. Mm. Just because there's so much there and we can't, you know, really uh cover everything with God's blood here, you know, like right. there's a right. lot of stuff that's taught by fallen individuals. Um but there's also a lot of redeeming aspects mm-hmm. that that can be known about the world and about the way the body works mm-hmm. that have been found through science, which I guess I'll just throw this out there. Science was discovered by Christians mm-hmm. because of the world view they held. Yeah. So absolutely. all the first Christianity Christians like mm. developed what we know as science. Yeah. So when people throw out that science and the bible are at odds i'd say hmm can you give me some examples
0: you know like what
1: do you mean what do you mean by that that's right right Um. and and somewhere between that position and scientology is a balance (laughs) yes (laughs) yes right so what, what do you say in response to the argument and i want to preface it please um I've I've heard statements made because preaching is my arena. So Mm -hmm. um, I've been uncomfortable when I've heard guys wander off into the Holy Ghost can't fix everything because the Holy Ghost is God. Mm -hmm. So the moment that you put a fence around the fact that the Holy Ghost doesn't or can't Mm -hmm. fix everything, then all of a sudden you're the puppet master Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and God is, is, is the limited, finite one. Mm. Mm. That being said, I think we need to have discussion around the fact, and I'm interested in the insight that you can bring to this, that the Holy mm. Ghost can fix everything but doesn't fix everything.
3: There you go. Yeah. When you get the Holy Ghost, the need for counseling and remediation should plausibly diminish That's, Mm, that's the idea, but we are in a fallen world. We're in an already not yet state of being. Mm. And so it requires. That sounds like Bishop
1: Wilson right there.
3: You know it. (laughs) (laughs) It it requires uh, the body. You know, we, um, the Holy Ghost can do all things, Mm. but the Holy Ghost sometimes doesn't do some things.
4: Yeah. Well, oftentimes we've seen God do a completed work. Yeah. Yep. Right. Someone comes down to the altar and experiences complete deliverance of just about mm-hmm. every addiction that mm-hmm. they're facing. Like, sure. right. They throw their cigarettes away. They've been, uh, you know, addicted to pornography for 30 years and it's gone. That desire, like everything is just released. Yep. We've also talked to actually, we, we have a couple that we talked to recently that that's what happened for her. Not the pornography part, but addiction, Mm -hmm. um, to, to alcohol. And then we talked to her husband and God saved him, but didn't take the desire for alcohol away. Mm -hmm. So why would he do this for one and not the other? Mm -hmm. And so, and this is in the same couple, they're Holy ghost filled people. And now God has used their testimony and they're, they're leading the charge in addiction at their church. Mm -hmm. But So a lot of times we see this where God decides to do a miracle and sometimes God empowers you to do the things that you couldn't do by yourself, Mm -hmm. but he walks alongside you and says, here, I'm
1: your strength. I'm your strength and your weakness.
4: Let's do this together.
1: Right. And so at that point, the Holy ghost is the empowering agent that, that, that strengthens you, enabling you to do what otherwise you could not do.
3: That's right. Absolutely. And we're, we're part of the body, you know, and oftentimes the Holy ghost will empower us through other members of the body, whether they minister to us in word, in tools, in action, in Mm. presence. Yes. You know, the body ministers to the body.
1: Yes. Very well said. So I guess that kind of segues then into, let's have a bit of a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last, uh, I'm I'm not sure, maybe a couple weeks ago, that we had the conversation with Pastor Townley. Mm -hmm. He mentioned in his um, discussion on the role of meekness Mm. in leadership, he mentioned the fact that there are times that, as a leader, you're in a in, in a bit of a hostile um, exchange with someone else. Maybe they're intentionally trying to provoke you. Maybe they're just uh, out of control, undisciplined. Mm. Um, they say things that hurt you, but because you are disciplined, you your response is measured. Your response mm. is meek. Your response is adequate, Christ-like. Mm. But that emotion is still there mm-hmm. And y- what do you do with that emotion? Mm-hmm. That's a so, good question. So yeah. how how do we deal with that because this kind of leads us into the discussion more focusedly on mental health mm-hmm. and, and emotional and emotional health.
3: Right yeah Well, I don't know if you wanted to go the meekness route. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you itching over there.
4: Yeah well, I love this study. Yeah, did he talk about the origins of the word "praus" or uh, "meek"?
0: No, not really. No, I don't no. believe so.
4: No. So meek. So a lot of people see meekness as weakness.
1: Okay. Right.
4: And um, really, what's really interesting here is that the word "meek" actually comes from well, it's Greek in origin. But it comes from um, the war or the, uh, a war horse, actually. So what the Greeks would do is they would go up into the mountains and capture wild stallions mm-hmm. to be a part of their campaign against the world, really. You know, when Alexander the Great was taking over, sure. they needed lots and lots of horses to support the main uh, war machine. Sure. So they'd go up and grab some of the most vicious, wild, stallions because they made great war horses and the process that they used to create the submission that it would take for a rider to stay on that horse and to be controlled so that it doesn't become a liability within the war was called um, meeking. So they would actually take that word or take that horse and meek the horse to be submissive and Attuned to the master. Hmm. Wow. So, just to unpack that, of course, that's what meekness looks like. The meek shall inherit the earth. Right. Mm -hmm. It looks like becoming attuned to the slightest nudge of the spirit Mm -hmm. and being attuned. And really, like you said, it's that disciplining of our natural instincts to run, to, you know, to maybe lash out, maybe when. Right. It's not the right time to lash out. You <laughs> right. could be a casualty. You know, you can knock some of the right. your 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 buddies away. You like it's not a good time to to lash out or to be unrestrained. So meekness is controlled strength. Right. So wow. right. just to set that up for Krissa.
3: So when you think about it in that context. If you're walking away from a conversation where you've demonstrated a sense of meekness, but you're still reeling from that because Mm. you're human, Mm -hmm. it's time to go do some more meeking. How do you go do more meeking? Well, Mm -hmm. you submit yourself to the master. What does that Mm -hmm. look like? We're getting into prayer. We're reading. We're training. Maybe we're seeking godly counsel, Mm -hmm. mentorship. Mm -hmm. We're connecting with the body Mm -hmm. in order to be fine-tuned to the master's nudge. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow, that that's perfect aligned with what what he said. It, prayer is such a large portion of this.
3: Absolutely,
0: absolutely. It,
1: you know? So, um, someone like yourself that that that, that deals with counseling and, mm. and speaking about these painful encounters with people,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: at some point we all have got to have somewhere to go. You mm-hmm. can only take so much of that in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so again, we're, we're qualifying here that this is not replacement.
2: No. That's right. Or
1: a running to the ark of safety for, but but there is something to be said for having that confidant. Yeah. And mm-hmm. isolation is it it if 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 you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Do you not see this in your practice that, that oh, yeah. people begin pulling back from other folks because I'm I'm out. I can't take it anymore. My emotional mm-hmm. cup is is full and, and I just feel like I'm out of compassion. I'm out of
3: yep. right. Mm-hmm. And I begin That's isolating. Great.
1: That's Absolutely. exactly what
3: happens. Yeah. It's sadly a very widespread phenomenon in our movement that leadership pastors, evangelists, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs even, Mm -hmm. often do not take time and space to seek refuge. Whether that looks like counsel or mentorship or just sabbatical or time away, Mm -hmm. um, they're not being poured into Mm -hmm. so that they can pour out. Mm -hmm. And so they're just depleted. And we see that a lot in our practice.
1: And and do you think that comes back to what I mentioned in the opening, that there's a stigma almost associated with I just need someone to talk to.
4: Yes. Yes. And I I think too, that people, because counseling has had a stigma, people don't know what to expect when they walk into a counseling office or like, like we, what we do is we see people online or through video, Mm -hmm. they don't know what to expect. So they maybe discount. Well, I don't know if sitting down with a counselor would really help. I don't know if talking things through would really help, Mm -hmm. but I think that's maybe the limit of, of people's knowledge of really what happens with counseling. It's not mm. just sitting there and saying, let me tell you my problems, right? Cause you could do that with God. Yeah. You can do that even with a mentor. I mean, okay. So let me go back. Yes. So James, you know, says confess our faults one to another. How good do we do that as <laughs> yeah. a movement?
3: We heard a sermon preached recently Oops. where the entire sermon was on James 5, 16, like they expounded upon it. They were digging into it, exegeting it. And
4: effectual, fervent prayer.
3: Effectual, fervent yes. prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Not one time did we hear in the whole sermon confess your faults one to another. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. So that's where we yeah. stop. Yeah. Right. So yep. already we have kind of established, yes, we do believe in prayer. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, if you're a child of God, Holy Ghost filled, we need to be praying. We need to be reading the Bible, studying to yeah. show ourselves approved unto God. A workman, right? So we're doing these things, but there's also so much more that happens mm-hmm. that we have. So just like Brother McKillop, when you're reading the scripture and you're an astute studier of the word, mm-hmm. you have hermeneutical uh, tools at your disposal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Your 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 exegesis is spot on. You know how to do this. So when you're reading, you're making connections that the average person may not ever. See, unless they really apply themselves to that sort of study. Yeah. Right. So, right. in the same way, a good counselor, as I'm talking, as I'm working with someone, I'm seeing patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing patterns of speech. I'm seeing patterns between, if I'm doing couples counseling, patterns between uh, the couple that tell me, ah, this is where they're going. And here's the roadmap. I know exactly where where they're going with this and probably what the symptoms are they're having Mm -hmm. because of that. Yep. So that's maybe the difference of being like of it's not just talking, but it's trained observation. I'm looking for certain things.
3: Mm -hmm. And then you have specific tools to intervene that are rooted in a biblical worldview. Absolutely.
1: And we we could go into that too. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely so i I, th- I think this this comes back a bit to even even um uh, and again i think theologically okay so this is this is an elijah elisha moment where elijah's in the cave of depression
2: hmm.
1: almost yeah. suicidal the argument mm. can clearly be made yeah um the because okay let, let me just put that on pause and, and these guys know i've been I've been kind of preaching a bit along this, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Yes. That's right. The greatest, the greatest misrepresentation of that scripture is not carnal versus spiritual. It's plurality of weapons. Hmm. We That's think we good. only have one weapon. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: That's right. Yeah. I mean we that have, and that goes back to that concept that we we try to divide, you know, body and spirit. Yes. You know, whereas body soma was always spoken of in a spiritual sense it was the sarks, the flesh that was spoken of in a negative carnal sense yes right so the body is not unholy yes
2: um
3: and same is true of you know science and scripture mm-hmm. science shows the wonders of god you mm-hmm, know yes. the psalm 19 1 the the heavens declare his absolutely, glory yeah, absolutely. um you know the in romans we we hear that the people were able to be judged by their observation of logic and the law and order without even knowing the gospel, right. because the truth should be known by simply observing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, now, how cool that we have both special revelation in scripture and we have general revelation through observation, yeah. uh, but both are true and one is not truer than the other. All truth is God's
1: Doth truth. it's not nature itself. That's
3: right.
4: Yes. I love, um, there's a quote by Jonathan Sachs who says this. He says that science takes things apart to see how things work. Right. But theology puts things together together to see what they mean. Absolutely. Ah, excellent. You know, science can't answer a six-year-old's basic questions about life. For sure. Where do we come from? Where are we going?
1: Why
3: am I here? Why am I here?
4: Right. You know, like, how should I live? Science can't. <laughs> I like uh, John Lennox, who's an apologist professor at uh, Oxford, says that science could tell me that cyanide put my grandma's tea will kill her. But it doesn't tell me that I ought not to do it. There it is. So, so there's two separate things that science and, and theology do. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so what we're advocating here is they're not. They're absolutely complementary. Mm-hmm. When a child of God can say, "Ah, oh, this is how this," because every tool can be used wrongly. Yeah. I can use a wrench to to hit a nail in, but I might right. bend the nail and I might damage the wall. Right. So we can
1: and, we and can use tools. Can, can I can I flip that, please? Yes. And if the only thing you have is a hammer, every problem's a nail. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> right. That's
1: it. Yeah. Let me put this in. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Mm.
2: Yes, which comes
1: full circle back to what I was stating with the plurality of tools Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: are at our disposal are there for those Mm -hmm. moments that, yes, our praise works for certain things, prayer works for certain things, fasting works for certain things. But when you're depressed and you're in a cave like Elijah, Mm -hmm. then it wasn't the earthquake and it wasn't the fire and it wasn't, It was a still small voice that instructed him, Mm -hmm. go get a confidant named Elijah and never be alone again.
3: That's right. Mm. Yep.
1: Mm. That's
3: good. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Right. 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 Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's what I see this in the, again, going back to what we originally started with, that relationship of church, and, and, and psychology, as, as long as psychology remains a tool in the hands of theology, maybe we could even say it that way, Sure. then it's okay instead of an inverse. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, that's an interesting way to put it. I would play with that metaphor and say, what if what if the hands of psychology, or you could say a psychologist, right, yeah. were to take the truth of theology and utilize that Um, I think they're complementary, right? Mm -hmm. So you could say, yes, psychology in the hands of theology works, but I think you can also say that theology in the hands of psychology works. Mm -hmm. I don't think one is truer than the other Mm -hmm. or, um, more authoritative than the other, because it's all God's truth. As long as the discernment of truth is accurate. Right.
4: A lot of times, a a lot of times what we're doing is we're taking truth and we're rightly applying it to someone's life.
3: That's right. Yeah.
4: So let me give you an example. Um, Let's take anxiety, for example, because that's just, it's the most common mental illness right now. And we see this all over the church. Mm -hmm. Just people don't like to talk about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we're, again, bad at talking about what we're bad at. (laughs) Yes. So, um, but when we, because, so anxiety are habits of thinking it's simply a habit of thinking so is depression it's a habit of thinking mm. so when we when we, remember a habit is a you know things thinking acting um or you know feels that we get are all you know it's it's what happens to us when we're not even thinking about it that's what a habit is right yes right so we're not thinking about it we're just going about our life but we do certain things habitually um so a habit, a habit of thinking negative thoughts, you could pull up a ton of scriptures on this. Sure, is going to br- produce more negativity. Mm-hmm. If I have a habit of catastrophizing, mm-hmm. making things worse than they really are, not seeing truth in the world, mm-hmm. um, then I'm going to experience more dread mm-hmm. about the world around me. Mm-hmm. So, so an anxiety, anxiety as a definition would be a an overestimation of the danger and an underestimation of my ability to handle the danger. There's a lion in my house. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I, I can't beat a lion. Right. 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 So an overestimation, and, and that's really a lie. So sometimes people tell themselves lie, which are called cognitive distortions. Mm. So w- when I'm working with someone, <laughs> I, yep. I'm looking for, um, these tells, yeah, I'm listening for language that would that I could latch onto and say, huh, this right here doesn't match uh, reality. Right. This doesn't match your freedom that Christ brings. This, and so what's happening is, remember John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Mm-hmm. How? Thy word is truth. So I'm supposed to, as a, a, a sanctifier, I'm, on my journey of sanctification. And this this pastor, saint of God, whoever it is that's sitting across from me is on their sanctification journey. Mm -hmm. As a a mentor, as a a child of God, looking at another child of God, a body of Christ ministering to itself, Mm -hmm. I would listen for this language and say, you know, brother, that right there, you're on your sanctification journey, but here's where I see your, your habits of thinking that are diverting from what is truth.
2: Yeah.
4: And this doesn't happen sometimes without people being very acutely aware of what they're thinking. That's why it says, take into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, yeah. We can't do that and
1: unless we realize what, that we're thinking. And I think a big part of that scripture is those thoughts that exalt themselves right? Yes. Above the knowledge of Christ. Right. Yes. It's, 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 it's not, um, it's not, it, it's not a premeditated thing with you. It's that habitual bam, there yeah. it is. Where mm-hmm. did that come mm. from? Yeah, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm.
4: That's exactly it. So our process, and this is just taught, and this is of course one tool that we use, this is called cognitive behavioral therapy, okay. CBT. And we know from Okay, the reason why we're thinking on thoughts, people might think, oh, this is what this is so simple. Okay, I, I know this. But here's the thing we know that thoughts, if you can picture a triangle, thoughts at the top of the triangle cause emotions, the other corner of the triangle, which mm-hmm. cause behaviors. So often we want to help people change their behaviors. Oh, brother, if you could just read your Bible, mm-hmm. if you could just. You could just go and pray every morning. If you could just, you know, if I could just ramp up my motivation and, and do enough jumping jacks, I will want to read the Bible. But the problem yes. is, we haven't taken captive certain thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't been a, a steward of our thinking. Yeah. We haven't trained our thinking, which mm-hmm. <laughs> brings meekness back into yeah. play here. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, what's happening? We have these. We have this these wild thoughts that are, have no chain on or no uh, basis on truth. They're not founded on anything true. Right. So therefore, we have emotions. And I heard somebody recently say, just turn down your emotions. You turn them down not by forcing emotions to turn down. You can't do that. If you've ever been in a panic attack, you would know that you can't just go, okay, emotions, turn down. Right. <laughs> Doesn't work like that, right? You focus on what is true. Okay, Philippians four eight. Okay. What is honest? Was just what is lovely. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Bible's given us all
1: this. Yeah, yeah.
2: Jesus so just, even
1: done this. Who for the joy right. that was set before Him.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: mm-hmm. cannot. You cannot endure a Calvary if you can't see beyond it. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: That's good.
4: Right. yeah, And we're just exposers of what's happening
2: mm-hmm.
4: and appliers of what they need to do mm-hmm. to become, uh, to get out of this cycle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, uh, can I jump in here for a second guys? Yeah. So
4: if you listen to this podcast,
0: you know, I am not a pastor. He's pastor Daniel. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he, he's got his uh, code and he's got to be careful about what he says and, so this uh, means uh, we're going go controversial now. Right? You, you have your hand on the mute thing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to the podcast, this is where you wanted the, the episode to get to right here. No, not really. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to ask why. A couple, uh, two parts to the question really. Why do you think it's so controversial mm-hmm. in in our in our world? Um, what we're talking about right now. We're you know for some people I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a second part to the question would be. Uh, would maybe be more painting a picture of how how would you describe? I want you to describe someone to me who you would say is the prime person who would need some counseling.
1: Sure. Like what are the yeah.
0: hallmarks to say? Whoa, that's a red flag.
1: I need some help. Are you saying in general or more in alignment with what he's saying, like anxiety?
0: Yeah, exactly. Is what he's talking about an apostolic? Who mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed. Who, yeah. It's more than just having a bad day and, and I go to church and I pray and, you know, I read my Bible. I'm I doing feel all good while
1: things. I'm praying. Yeah. Mm. So you yeah.
0: can answer that later. But first, let's talk about the controversy. Why why is this so controversial? Is it some people mm-hmm. have gotten into bad name, you suppose?
3: Yeah, I think it boils down to fear, mm-hmm. you know, fear that... If I engage in psychology or seek help from a professional counselor, mm-hmm. they're going to give me witchcraft. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, send my daughter away from the church. They're going we, we've to... We've heard all these, by the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. We've <laughs> heard them uh, over the pulpit and, and in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, let let me, let me just ask you
1: this. What's your opinion yeah. then on non-faith-based... Counseling. Yeah.
3: Because there's some there's some legitimacy to these fears, right? Because right. some of these things have happened. Mm-hmm. And it's because people just went willy-nilly into the realm of psychology and
1: you know just sought te-
3: random yeah. theories. Five that-
1: five to ten years ago. Yeah. I wouldn't have known where to go yeah. find an apostolic yeah. counselor.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The problem is
4: just like we were talking about science a little bit ago, mm-hmm. you know. Um, scientists do science and scientists have worldviews. Yeah. So sometimes we could take the truth that science is showing us about general revelation mm-hmm. and twist them to meet our own narrative. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so happens we can have with that.
0: all fields, right? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Conservatives Absolutely. Conservatives have sure. their preferred environmentalists, right? Liberals mm-hmm. have their preferred environmentalists and we only quote sure. their documents, right?
3: Yeah. It
4: happens. Let's <laughs> be honest.
0: Yeah,
3: it's true. Right. It, uh, it's yeah. it's
4: confirmation bias. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: Exactly. And and I think that's what really happens with counseling and counselors. I yeah. mean, we're every single person is victim mm-hmm. of what we want to see.
3: Right. So it's oh, our particular wow. activating wow. system. Yeah. 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 We see. hone in on what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a child of God, as a godly father or mother that's seeking help and resources, as a godly pastor that's seeking help mm-hmm. and resources for your people, know that it requires discernment.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, you, you need to be able to discern uh, by doing some even just basic research yeah. on who you're sending folks to. Um, I think that matters a lot. You can even interview these folks ahead of time you know, yeah. before you send, fo- send your people to them. Uh, we encourage that, yeah. you know? And so, you know, use, use discernment before, before sending folks. But I think that's where a lot of the the stigma comes from. And then the fears stem from this has happened in in our history. Um, but now we do have a lot of godly equipped mm-hmm. f- people out there, resources out there to, to help to come alongside.
4: I, I think too, um, where people do tend to focus to another fear that maybe not be as uh, vocalized, but maybe as kind of down uh, below the surface is that uh, psychology, I'll just use the word psychology is uh, encroaching in the God territory. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've been very over the years of medicine progressing. We become increasingly comfortable with the fact that seeing a doctor and taking Tylenol isn't, uh, you're not, you don't have small faith. You know, if God chooses to heal you, he heals you, mm-hmm. you know, and we, oh my goodness, I've seen so many miracles in the last few, few weeks, few weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's just incredible. I believe God is a healer, Yes, um, but he's also made us a steward of the resources around us. And he's Sorry. also given wisdom to People and men that ha- and women mm-hmm. that have applied themselves to knowledge and to the increasing of knowledge yeah. and to and to really bring a lot of good in the world. And we so, were built
0: with creativity. Yeah, that, absolutely. We're fearfully yeah. and wonderfully made. Right. That goes back to when you're talking about nature and how, you know, if you if you think if you think the universe is this small little little thing, well, then you're shrinking. The, the creativity of God and his glory, right? Mm, it's good. The bigger You're it right. is, the, the the bigger God is.
4: You're right. Right. You're right. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. right. And, and so I think because psychology, it really is fairly new in some ways. Uh, such advances have been made. I think there's just some misconceptions mm. that have been passed around. And sometimes it's it's popular to preach that way. Uh, but like we all, for instance, know that God wants to help people with their depression. Mm-hmm. We just don't know if it's going to be a spontaneous act or a mm-hmm. miracle that happens in a in a chirological moment of just like pow, right? Right. Or if God is going to walk with them through this to teach them some things about themselves and human nature mm-hmm. and and do some soul building in the process. And Have a
3: testimony. Yeah, yeah. I think the same is true of. Diabetes. You know, Adam mentioned, we've become increasingly comfortable with seeking medical help for medical issues. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're not going to pray about our diabetes or eat well and exercise. Like we're going to do those things, Mm -hmm. but we're probably also going to go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and perhaps get some insulin. Mm -hmm. And I think the church at large is pretty comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a holistic way of seeking healing um but then when it comes to depression for instance the only way to seek healing is at the altar in a lot of people's minds
4: and Mm -hmm. disclaimer you guys realize that we're not saying that god can't heal you from depression that's Mm -hmm. right yeah we definitely have seen this spirit
1: of depression on people oh yeah like that happens Mm -hmm. it's very much a spiritual battle in in helping in helping a a non-believer and and, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what your scope of practice is. What in a general sense would be your experience between helping a non-believer handle depression and helping a Holy Ghost filled believer with it?
3: Adam just told me yesterday, he's like, babe, it's so much harder to work with people who aren't believers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, You're right. Here's,
4: here's the reason. Yeah. As uh, I think it was, uh, Dostoevsky said that without God, all things are per- permissible.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: And and when I have no point of reference to point to, I have no moral compass to say this is what we ought to do. Mm-hmm. Then we're, we're based on trying to find something within the system. There's no commonality. So, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's based on whatever you feel good, whatever feels good, whatever makes most sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's some efficacy to that,
2: mm-hmm.
4: but it's so much more effective and so much quicker with the child of God when they have, okay, let's, let's, let's plug in anxiety again. I'm not enough. That's a very, very common one. Or mm-hmm. I have wow. to be perfect for a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have to be perfect. Everything has to be,
3: I need to please everybody. all ducks in the
4: row. I have to please everyone. Mm-hmm. See, those are all I, I, uh, identity statements if yep. we can identify, okay, this is the identity statement you're working uh, that that you're working with here that's that's sabotaging you, and it sometimes takes a little bit of, of digging to find those things that people hold yeah. that are sabotaging them and making breaking. Uh, I'll, I'll back up breaking shalom in their life. Yeah. Because yes. remember that anything prowse or uh, not prowse uh, uh, the the uh, carnal part of us the sarks, yeah. anything that would uh, pull the, pull us away from human flourishing mm-hmm. would be uh, breaking Shalom in our life right. which also would be a sin. Mm-hmm. So those things we have to weed out yeah. and that's the process that we call sanctification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we could start to identify these negative ways of thinking, these habits that we've formed in our life, and start making them more godly and reflecting more of God's heavenly nature and truth, then we'll start to live with more shalom. Mm-hmm. And that's the process. So what we do is we say, okay, so here's this negative statement. Why don't we put some truth on this thing? Why don't we put a, a verse that that contradicts this because we know that that The truth is what sanctifies Mm -hmm. the The word of God is what sanctifies. And so we have them write down scriptures. And every single time this negative cognition comes in, we identify the cognition. Ah, There it is. Mm -hmm. We say, no, that's just a malicious thought or a pattern of thinking Mm -hmm. that if I let go, if I let just run my life, run my software program inside of me. I don't mm-hmm. bring it into
0: captivity. And you have That's to do right. it yourself, right?
4: Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: God's not going to reach in your head, slap well, you around and go, hey. I mean, he could. There you
3: go. Yeah. But he he's can. a gentleman. <laughs> but
4: a lot of times I think he leaves it leaves this to us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that we can help others. So a lot of times I think God wants us to be his hands and feet he doesn't do it
3: all for us. And if you follow that that line of thought, you know, the negative cognitions that were coming up for this hypothetical person. I'm not enough. I have to please everybody. I have to be perfect. You know, that's going to cause at the top of the triangle, you move it down to the bottom, that's going to cause feelings of inadequacy, mm-hmm. anxiety, guilt. Um, maybe even fear, guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we're feeling feeling guilty, fearful, anxiety-ridden, inadequate, what how are we going to behave? moving along the triangle. We're going to behave in ways that are, we're isolating. We're not serving. Yeah. We're not shining our light. We're not, you know, fulfilling the great commission. Mm, And so that's going to go back up to the top of the triangle. It's going to reinforce the thoughts. I really am a loser. I really, right. Right. And that just keeps going and going. And that spirals into a disorder. It spirals into panic attacks. So when we take the truth of God's word, and we say, no, I'm not enough, but Christ is enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yeah. me. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Mm-hmm. I am more precious than rubies. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can plug in these identity statements that come from the God breathed word. How are we going to feel when we embrace those? Mm-hmm. We're going to feel empowered. We're going to feel we're gonna feel incredibly confident, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna hold our head up high behaviorally. We're going to actually fulfill the Great Commission. So you see how it, it. We can we can have this intervention, and this is not. I mean, cognitive behavioral psychology is only a couple hundred years old, but really, Paul and Jesus and others had this principle down way sure. back when. So
1: there be any virtue know, if there be any praise. Think on these things.
3: Exactly. Hello. Yes. Yeah. yeah but people really don't preach that mind. a lot, do they? No. Right it's no. Not, no it's not the
1: the barn
0: burner Friday night sermon is just that yes
1: yes. So in a clinical sense, the hypothetical person that we're talking about that mm-hmm. that we all we all have a person that, that pops in our mind that we think mm-hmm. struggles with it or maybe the, someone in our audience is going yeah, that's me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that's the way they think anyway <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. So and from right. a clinical sense, how long does it take for the adjustment? Okay. The, the application of what you just said,
2: Mm -hmm. we're going to start
1: doing this when this, when this, when this thought comes into your mind, we're going to the word you are not inadequate. How long does it take to make its way around the triangle to where this becomes a sustainable habit?
3: Yeah. yeah. God's timeline is different than ours. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh, the research shows about 21 days of doing this consistently is enough to form a new neural pathway,
4: but remember that would be a weak neural pathway. Yes. So there was just a new study, uh, that I, I listened to or heard of that, uh, of doing this sort of work here will actually change the brain. So the neuroplasticity of the brain for, if you do this for 12 minutes a day, so just work on those I mean, and of course, remember we're, we're super fast breaking stuff down here. So there's, there's processes to this, but this is the basis of everything or a lot of the things that we would do or one modality, but if you do it for 12 minutes a day for eight weeks, you will see a vast difference. And remember like any habit, like if I tried to teach you golf, it's going to take a little bit of time to form golf, you know, Mm. to, to form a, a beautiful golf swing.
1: I'll get teed off in the process
4: too. I can tell you that. Yeah, and, and so it's going to take a little bit of time to reach golf righteousness. There we go. Oh, you are you are in oh, okay. the spirit right now. Uh, As a fellow golfer, I just felt something enter
0: the room. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: you know, brother. Oh man. and you being uh, in California really makes me want to come down and visit come oh, on over there is so
4: much righteousness here i know <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: and so much the, unrighteousness the fields, are, <laughs> the
0: fields are green and ready ready for harvest amen
3: okay <laughs> oh man but i mean Kind of plugging in the the unbeliever that you mentioned, Brother McKillop. Someone comes, you say, What's your what's your experience with somebody who does not have the Holy Ghost and is trying to work through this same thing? Can we still use a cognitive behavioral tool that we find rooted in scripture? Absolutely. But if they don't embrace the power of God's word, what kind of replacement cognitions are we using? We're certainly not using, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word exactly. of my testimony.
4: To be like, what? Right.
3: <laughs> so we're using like I can't, I am capable. Okay. Like, okay. Yes, that's fine. Um, Can that be helpful? Yeah. Have I helped people with statements like that? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not as powerful. It's not transcendent. We're not, we're coming against an intersection of finitude and transcendence and we're not crossing that intersection when Mm -hmm. I'm working with an unbeliever.
1: Which the reason I'm bringing that up again is to Reinforced supremacy of the spirit of God, yes. yes, which is empowering you to bring into captivity, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Right. So, right. spirit filled, spirit filled people that struggle with mental health. There, I just said it. Yeah. Um, uh, spirit filled people that struggle with mental health. There, the batting average for them overcoming it is likely higher forget likely, is higher.
3: Yes. It's because the power of God's word is, it's so much more powerful than man-made concepts. Right. right. Logos. We can get Yes, the logos. There's truth in man-made concepts that are derived from a biblical foundation. But if we can apply it with the power of the Holy Ghost, right. it's going to be exponentially more powerful. The, it's not more true. It's yes. just more powerful.
1: Well, and it will make you free. That's right. That's right. It'll make you free.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's right. So I wanted to read um, this and get your opinion on this as we wrap up. The Journal of the American Medical Association cited a study that indicates in the 20th century, people that lived in each generation were three times more likely to experience depression than folks in the generation before them. People are becoming more vulnerable to depression. Why? Martin Seligman, which you've probably um, read his work before, who has no, no religious, for me to know, affiliation, said it is because we have replaced church, faith, and community with a tiny little unit that cannot bear the weight of meaning. That unit is self.
2: hmm
1: so what's, good what's what is your um your response to something like that how does that play into the role of being a self-centered individual versus a member of yeah mm-hmm. yeah of a, of you, a, of a community of a
3: yeah when you have nothing outside of yourself then all you can focus on is yourself. And that's going to perpetuate the cycles we've been talking about that look mm-hmm. like anxiety, depression, any other mental health disorder that you can name. When you have community, you have so many more resources. When you have a spirit filled community, you have so much more powerful resources.
2: Yes,
3: And uh, you know, we're, we're hu- huge proponents of community. And I think the, you know, this field of psychology, even without the church would say that they're proponents of community as well, but our form of community, again, it's so much more powerful because we have a Holy spirit empowered community. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I would, I would add the, Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead.
3: I was going to, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll add some statistics to reinforce Martin Seligman's claim. Yes. So, um, you know, the culture likes to say that the church is emotionally repressive and destructive to your mental health, but the data would say otherwise. And
4: this is from the this Walls- one,
3: Washington Times. Washington
4: Times. Yeah. Oh.
3: So regular church attenders. Okay. This is in 2020, mind you. The mm-hmm. year of uh, a lot of things that happened. Yes. Regular church attendance dramatically improves your mental health. The only people in the U.S. whose mental health improved in 2020 was regular church attenders. Wow. Uh, you, you you line up church attenders against any other population. Um, we see numbers like this, 33% reduced risk of death, 84% reduced risk of suicide, 29% reduced risk of depression, 50% reduced risk of divorce, uh, 68% reduced risk of deaths of despair for women, 33% for men. Wow. This is, this is not a, a religious group studying this. There's no bias here. Right? right? I mean, it, right. it's incredible. Well, if and,
4: anything, they'll be biased the opposite way. Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Forsake not. Amen. The assembling, the assembling of, of yourselves. Of yourselves.
4: Together. You know, science is just proving what the Bible's always said is true. Right. Like, it's it's not even needing to be proved. It's just confirming, maybe. Or a, yeah. I don't know what the correct word to use there. But yeah. there, there's a quote that says, like, science has climbed the... The epicenter of thought. It's climbed this mountain of, of um, epistemological finds and all these things, only to find a band of theologians that have been there the whole time. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah,
1: absolutely, right, right. And I, I think if, if in the in the wrap up, the Paul's um, letter to the church in Ephesus where he breaks down the components of spiritual warfare and and how feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, breastplate of righteousness. All of those are, are indicative. Uh, he, he didn't just randomly throw darts at a dartboard and, and associate breastplates with righteousness. Um, there's significance to the fact that that breastplate could not be put on yourself. It had you had to have help with mm-hmm. that. So that eliminates mm-hmm. self righteousness. You need someone That's so else's good. help. I've never that. heard that before. To That's be really good. And I don't think it's coincidental that he said it's a helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. I believe that that yeah. what is to guard mm-hmm. our mental. Uh, okay if we just relegate the impact of salvation to the soul and the body we are missing a big part of it it's supposed to yes. change how we think yeah absolutely it is
4: a i think that's of why the, the bible says to present our bodies yes and to god a, 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 a oh. to be a sacrifice a, yes, living, a living sacrifice right. sacrifice mm-hmm. and i think this is part of it and that's in romans chapter 12 if we look back at Romans chapter six, we see that where he's drawing from, he says that we're supposed to uh, present our members to God for righteousness. Mm. When we look at members, what are members of the body? Yes. So that would be your mind. Mm -hmm. So for our stomach, we present our stomach to God Yes, because like in, in fasting, yes, it, it, we, that's how we present ourselves a living sacrifice. We present our mind. We train our mind. We work on the habits of mind, mm-hmm. develop righteousness. We work on the heart. Like all these things we do, it's, it's all a sanctification journey.
1: I, I want to, this has been so incredible. Man, you guys have been great today. Um, let me leave this scripture. With us, uh, I, I was I was thinking about this this morning. So, First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, sixteenth verse. He begins the process of of giving us specifics. Rejoice evermore. There's no there's no um, substantive you know qualifiers. It's just do it. Okay, this is a bullet list of of some specifics. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Concerning you. Yeah. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. I mean, he's, he's just, he's giving these, abstain from all appearances of evil. Hmm. And this is the scripture. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Oh. Totality. Completion, mm. mm-hmm. the 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 whole, and the, and this is what it, this is this is the definition there, perfect or complete in all respects. Mm. Shalom. Beautiful. I pray God, your whole spirit, and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's got to be the objective.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Amen
1: is that we want the whole package preserved until he comes back. Yep. That is the mission. Right. So, for the two people that do not know who Dear Young Married Couples is, now you do, go check them out. Go subscribe. (laughs) Follow.
0: Well, maybe they'll unfollow them after this episode.
1: (laughs) 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 It might happen. (laughs) <laughs> might happen,
3: uh, uh, probably. Um, and um, this
0: has been great today. It has. The topic we need to talk more about it. So, thank you guys for mm. being a part of our podcast today, and we'll do it again.
3: Thank you guys so thank much. You for the we opportunity. appreciate you guys. Thank you for, you know, having the courage to broach this subject in a public way. We appreciate it.